Today is Friday, December 15th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Anti-Semitic colleges may pay a hefty price tag for their apathetic response to everything going on in Israel. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and email us. We've been hearing from you. We love it. Quick start podcast at CBN.org. Joining me on this Friday edition of the podcast, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips. Guys, what's up? I'm excited to be here. The holidays are coming. Christmas is almost here. The holidays are coming. The holidays are here, oh Billy. Yeah, you're in Christmas uh, mode. But yeah. Christmas is coming. Yeah, it, it is? It is. I want to give a Christmas shout out to Allison in St. Louis and James in Massachusetts. They're the first two to respond to my call yesterday to email in, let us know what is going on. Uh, in their neck of the woods. Allison's getting ready for that. her bus route, guys, if they're not on school vacation yet. And uh, James is listening on his home speaker in the AM. Now, James, I just want you to know that if you have your speaker on and the Alexa or whatever, the government's listening to you too. So I'm just saying. I just want to throw that out there. I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. What a joyful way to begin. I, I'm, it's just a warning. It's a warning to James. Well, he's, a, he's a devoted listener to the show. I'm trying I to help them out. I have a home speaker in every room of my house. So I am and the government's listening to you, too. Let them but listen at least, to Christmas music. And guys, <laughs> at least the government is listening to the Quick Start podcast. Yes. Am I right? Yes. And we love our bureaucratic, benevolent overlords. We love you. We are not upset with you in any way, shape, or form. All right. I've gotten way off track here. Hi to all of our listeners. We love you all. On the focus story, a Palestinian polling firm conducted some research in Gaza. Shocking results there. You're going to want to hear that. On the focus story and the Wall Street Journal has a poll. The American dream is dead or dying. 36% of people that only that much believe you can still get ahead in America today. That's the main thing coming up, but we're going to get first through the news in 90 seconds. And Israeli forces arrested dozens of Hamas terrorists. They say were sheltering inside a hospital in Gaza yesterday. IDF spokesman. Uh, Daniel Hagari shared photos and footage of these Hamas terrorists being paraded out of this hospital with their hands raised high. Over 70 militants surrendered their weapons to Israeli forces and were transferred for field interrogation. As the congressional investigation into anti-Semitism on college campuses ramps up, GOP representatives, including Elise Stefanik, are targeting federal cash for universities. They said cash is what these elite universities care about, including the billions they get from taxpayers. And unless they start fighting anti-Semitism and treating all their students equally, we're going to defund them either by ending their student loan guarantees or by cutting off their grants. That was Representative Jim Banks from Indiana talking to media. And Jill Biden has been getting quite the roast after... White House's annual Christmas video featuring tap dance performances uh, and critics are calling it they said it had Hunger Games aesthetic and called it tacky and tasteless others said it uh, was blasphemous those are just some of today's top headlines you can check out those stories and more at cbnnews.com guys did you see that video from from Jill Biden that she you know posted? I watched it and I thought I was watching <laughs> 
like a scene from the new Willy Wonka. I was very confused as to what it was. Why well, don't disparage the new Wonka movie that way? I I felt like I was seeing a, a clip from I have I have not watched this show nor do I endorse it because I'm sure it's terrible. But based on trailers that I've seen over the years, it just seemed like something out of like American Horror Story or something. It was creepy to me. It was yeah. not like well, a it's giant certainly- flower on the one guy's head. It was just weird. Well, and that's where the blasphemous sort of comments were coming in because it seemed um, it just did not glorify Christ in any way that it certainly didn't do. And then also people were upset because it's like the, the filming of it was it was high, maybe not executed well, but the production value was high. Right. They had a steady cam and they're doing like the Goodfellas type shot of like walking through and backing up and going forward like these these high quality professional type shots it's like wait a minute americans can't afford groceries right now ahead of the holidays and you're out here producing these tap dance extravaganzas in the white house it's like talk about being out of touch it just strikes such a wrong tone while americans are suffering to pay basic bills and you're out here tap dancing your little hearts out (laughs) Well, it's like, you know, it's interesting because if this was, you know, if this were any other event or month or commemoration, it would be very clear what that event or commemoration stood for, what it was about. This video, if an alien came to Earth, they would have no idea that this was to commemorate Christmas. They'd be like, what is this? What is this? And I think that's what's so interesting to me is that a video could actually mean so little. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I don't necessarily have as as much of a complaint about the way it was shot and that it was done like that it was high end and quality or whatever, because then I would say the same thing if it was the other way It'd be like, Oh man, you, you only had an iPhone eight available to you that you shot this on. It looks terrible. It's like, I, I don't have 8. a, <laughs> I don't have a complaint about that, but I do agree with you, Dan completely that it was like, after I watched this video, which is weird and creepy, I get no impression of anything that has to do with the actual intention of the holiday, which is of course, Jesus, like there, there wasn't even an attempt to like give a nod toward Christianity. It was just bizarrely non-entertaining. I, I yeah, I just, I just don't know exactly. What and then it got weirder. It got weirder halfway through. <laughs> the yeah. longer you now, watched it, the weirder yeah, it got. I was like, this is just it's descending, not ascending. I was no. like, this is very odd. <laughs> yeah, very odd. And um, no, and I, you know, I get what you're saying about like, you know, if they're going to do something, do it right. But I, I guess I just don't understand the decision making process where. If I'm an advisor right. to this administration, I'm not thinking, you know what America needs right now? Is a an avant-garde, bizarre right, ballet. Right. Like, what is, <laughs> no one said, you know what? Maybe this won't land well with the American people right now. Like, uh, yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of more what I'm targeting, right? And then they're like, you know, let's go well, all in, guys. All in on this. Let me say, though, Dan, you weren't... Um, you know, even even as we're all penny pinching, you weren't uh, ready for a, a nutcracker from the White House <laughs> rendition. No, nope. I was that, that was at the top of my it, Christmas list this was, year. It was not even in the realm <laughs> of kidding. thoughts I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Now, the movie Inside Out is coming to mind right now. You know, you know, like when they show inside the mind, they got all the memories are like piled up and like little like yes. globes all around. Like there's not even a globe in my head that even had this as an idea anywhere. Like not even in the vat falling in way down and like gone for all time. Like, no, it's this the furthest thing from my mind. But yet here they are. 
It was like Fantasia. Do you remember that bizarre Disney movie? It was basically yes. Fantasia. Now, see, you're making sense. Imagine th- now the White House trying to be like Disney. Now it's starting to add up. It's making sense. I yeah. will say, and I know we've gotten way off. Yeah, we have. We gotta topic, get going. But the moment, one yes. thing I will add, uh, Dan, is uh, I think Inside Out was the last time Pixar did a good job making yeah. a movie. It was a good so, movie. I anyway. did enjoy that one. Oh, let's all reminisce about the times when Pixar and Disney <laughs> was it used woke? to be useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now that we've successfully taken this train and driven it right off the rails, uh, let's let's head on over to the focus story now. And a Palestinian polling firm conducted research in Gaza. Very interesting, which is difficult to, to pull that off these days. And they uh, and in the West Bank as well. I mean, these results are something else. So why don't you break them down for me? Well, yeah, basically, let's just start with the fact that they found that there was widespread denial among people in Gaza and the West Bank that Hamas had committed atrocities against Israeli civilians. They also found that there was an increase in Hamas's popularity, if you could imagine that. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time in this debate talking about people, and there are many people in Gaza and the West Bank who, especially in Gaza, who do not like Hamas, who feel like Hamas does not represent them. Um, But these survey results were pretty shocking because they do paint a little bit of a different picture. The organization that conducted the poll is the Palestinian Center for Policy and Survey Research, and they did the polling between November 22nd and December 2nd. It unfolded during the ceasefire, uh, which is interesting, uh, but that they were able to sort of ensure safety of researchers by doing it during that time. And if you look at the timeline, obviously the terror attack was October 7th. So this is more than a month after that. During that ceasefire time, they spoke with 1,231 adults. They actually surveyed 750 of them face-to-face in the West Bank and 481 in the Gaza Strip at a number of different locations. And so they said that, you know, the, the sample size was representative of the residents living in those areas. Uh, but but really, just to sort of talk about the popularity piece of it, um, a- according to this survey, support for Hamas more than tripled in the West Bank. And so they were comparing this to survey results taken before the terror attack. Um, and, and they basically found that in the West Bank, it went from 12% supporting Hamas to 44%. And that was interesting to me because... Gaza, obviously, which is more impacted by everything that is going on right now, support ticked up only from 38% to 42%. That was interesting to me. It was, it was a small uptick. Um, and, you know, look, 42%, that, that would be a failing approval rating. It's a lot of yeah. people still supporting, but that's a failing approval rating in Gaza. So I do think that is noteworthy, but still the support went up there. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of after 9-11 when a lot of Muslims were polled around the world about Al-Qaeda and what they thought about Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. And it was, even though it wasn't like a, it wasn't as big a number as these that you just reported, but given the amount of Muslims there were in the world, it made you think, wow, even if it was only 10%, I mean, that's uh, millions and millions of people. So it's, it's alarming that there are that many sympathizers out there on these sorts of issues. And so what are the specific numbers on the October 7th attack? This is where things get really bizarre and troubling. So when it comes to the October 7th terror attack, according to the survey, a 72% of respondents said the terror attack was a correct decision. Only 22% said that it was not. And these proportions, again, were higher in the West Bank 
82% versus the Gaza. It was only 50, I mean, 57%, I say only, it's a majority, but it was 57% in Gaza. That's a, noteworthy to me again, because Hamas is running Gaza, right? So, yeah. you know, that you've got 57% there. It's a lower proportion. Um, but, but it was also interesting, the motivations for the attack, because they were sort of asked, well, why do you think this attack unfolded? What motivated it? 81% said that they thought that it was a response to settler attacks on the Al-Qasa Mosque um, and on Palestinian citizens. They also said that it was because of a push for release of prisoners from Israeli prisoner, prisons. But only 14% said they thought it was the result of an Iranian plot. And I thought that was interesting, too, because we've talked a lot about Iran having such an impact there. Um, and one last stat I'll throw out there. Only 10% of those surveyed believe that Hamas committed war crimes. That's, 10%. 95% say as Israel did. That's that's incredible, considering those countries before October 7th were not at war, <laughs> uh, number one. So they just decided to attack and clearly, very obviously, gleefully filmed themselves killing civilians with shovels and all kinds of horrific things. And again, this is why I forced myself to watch it because you don't know how long these videos are going to be out there. And there's that 45 minute video of them, of the Hamas terrorists, uh, GoPro footage of themselves. And it's unthinkable stuff. It's, it's unthinkable stuff. So, um, the fact that that number could be, uh, that at that point is just really, really troubling but what's uh you know another topic that has been going on is the the resources in gaza and the struggle that the people have had there what's what is happening on that front yeah that so that could be one one thing at the core of some of this right when you're suffering regardless of who's causing it when you're suffering and you're being told that hey it's the israelis they're the ones doing this they're the ones fighting back that could definitely impact your perceptions and so when they started asking questions about resources, this is kind of heartbreaking, regardless of where people stand on the broader issues, it seems like desperation is running pretty rampant. Only 44% of the respondents they talked to said that they had enough food or water to get through a day or two more. Mm. So you're talking about a situation where 56% of the people are saying they don't have food or water and they have no way to get it, most of them are saying. They can't get to those locations or there's something that's preventing them from. So that that is troubling. Yeah, very, very troubling indeed. And, you know, again, the, what the global media is doing right now is then they put that pressure back on Israel, like as if it's somehow on Israel to, you know, alleviate all of those things. And it's like, well, actually, if Hamas would just surrender, this would all end, right? Like this would this would be done. And so it fully is squarely uh, on Hamas. But what's are there any other reasons you think, Billy, why these numbers are shaping out the way they are? Yeah, you know, you just cited one of them before. You talked about why you thought it was important to watch that footage. One of the things that stood out in the research to me was that 85% of these people reported not seeing any videos of the attack. They have wow. not seen it. They have not seen the videos. Regardless, I don't know why that is. Probably a lack of technology, lack of access. They've been deprived of them. They haven't seen them. And just 7% said that they believe that Hamas was guilty of these crimes. So they're doubting it because they haven't seen it, right? Mm -hmm. So that there's an informational gap here that I do think is probably driving. There's obviously hatred of Israel and other things, but but there's an informational gap there. Um, also, I think this is important that we, that we talk about briefly. 
when you look at the president of the Palestinian Authority, and this is complicated, but the Palestinian Authority obviously is not running Gaza. They haven't been since 2007. They're separate. Um, the president there um, is under fire. That 90% of them want him to resign, which is a major problem. They're, they like Hamas more, apparently. And so if the goal is to get Palestinian Authority to take over Gaza and that entire area, that's what the West wants. You have the residents saying... No, that's not what we want. We want him gone. So I don't know where this goes from here, but it's it's definitely troubling. Yeah, certainly is. And um, equally, probably more troubling than even the crazy protests we've been seeing on, on college campuses here around uh, these parts. But uh, certainly something we need to be praying for. As Christians, we have been praying for it, and we've done prayer events here on CBN News and on our YouTube channel. And so... Keep your prayers headed in that direction, and ultimately that the gospel would be shared with more people and that they'd be pointed to God in the midst of all this and all this chaos and crisis in their in their time of need. So I appreciate you putting that one on our radar today, Billy. We're going to move over to the main thing now, and there's another poll out. This is a Wall Street Journal poll recently that kind of indicated that a lot of people think the American dream is dead or dying. Only 36% of people said if you work hard, you'll get ahead. CBN's Gary Lane looked into that a little more with author Christy Stutzman on today's Main Thing. So what's happened to American values and the American way of life? Are they gone forever or is there still hope? Well, here with us is Christy Stutzman. She's wife of former Indiana Congressman Marlon Stutzman. She's author of the new book, The Spiritual Price of Political Silence. Christy, it's good to have you with us. So what spiritual price are Americans paying for this decline in belief in the American dream and our dissatisfaction with the country's direction? Well, for a long time, the church has been silent. And so when I talk about the, the spiritual silence that we have been involved with as people of faith, um, it's a real thing. And, you know, we all have that rule at the table, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, when we go to grandma's house, no talking about religion or politics. Well, I think that day is over. Um, I think it's time to be bold about where, where we stand on the issues, what we believe, um, because our faith and people of faith have been under attack for a long time. We've actually been targeted. And we've been intimidated into being silent. And so we are paying a spiritual price for our political silence. Um, and so it's time to speak up and be involved. I've heard many Christians over the years say, uh, oh, Christians can't be involved in politics. That's too dirty. We're above that. But uh, we saw the consequences of that with prayer in schools and abortion, things like that. So when, what was the turning point for the country? Well, I think there was a misconception that was spread in the church and people with people of faith across the country right around the turn of the century. We forgot that our government is unique in the history of the world. Our government is made up of we the people. So when we complain about our leadership, our leadership comes from we the people. And so really it is on us uh, to decide who our leaders are and whether we want to run and be involved. And so it's not like uh, we have a king or a queen or a, or a dictatorship. Um, we actually actually govern ourselves. And so I think that was a misconception that was spread a long time ago, saying, well, politics is ugly. And it is. It's never been pretty, even with the founding fathers. When you read their letters and you read their, their arguments and their debates, um, it was very healthy debate. And um, it was very spirited. And that's always been a part of it. But, you know, a healthy dialogue and a healthy debate 
is something that we miss in this country. It has been degraded down into name calling and just very hateful word words and speeches instead of, instead of civil dialogue. And I think if we start more of that at the the, the uh, dinner table, then we're not going to have this huge divide in our country. We're actually going to come together and be able to talk civilly and be able to agree to disagree or come to uh, an agreement together on different issues. Well, you're in a small town in Indiana, so I mean, a lot of this uh, toxic uh, dialogue or not even debate anymore, just shouting at one another, seems to be coming on social media, but you're in a small town, so what are people there in the heartland saying about it? Well, you know, we all see the federal level. We all see, you know, the ads that are on our TVs or listen to the radio and hear all of the shocking news titles and things like that. But when you really get involved in your local community politics, um, it's not quite as bad as what you see on the TV. And that's what I try to talk about in my book. Uh, the Spiritual Price of Political Silence talks about how we can be silent no more, how we can actually go to work and be involved in small ways and big ways on the community level, on the state level, on the federal level, and it's easier than you think. So there's a refresher course of our Judeo-Christian founding. We all need to be reminded about that because that's been hidden and taken away in our schools. Um, and then there's a study on the humanist Marxist cultural uh, phenomenon that we have seen over the last 100 years here in America, where it came from and how we've been targeted and how our children have been targeted. And then step by step, how to be involved at every level, whether it's just you know making um, something for a Lincoln Day dinner or um, a Reagan dinner, or whether it's going to a campaign event, whether it's walking in a parade or whether it's just communicating with uh, a campaign manager for someone who you support. There's so many ways to be involved and it's easier than you think. Well, we're seeing rising anti-Semitism just because someone is Jewish and supports Israel. Uh, also, people are attacked and shot at for no apparent reason. Why is this happening? Uh, it's been an undercurrent in our culture for a long time. And like I said, we have been targeted for the last 100 years by cultural humanist Marxists who do not believe that there is a God, who want to see man evolve into some transhuman form. Uh, and they are very blatant and bold about it. So they have been infiltrating our schools, our media, the curriculum. Uh, and they've been erasing our history. Um, it's been a concerted effort for a long time. And I think the church and people of faith are finally starting to wake up. But that undercurrent of anti-Semitism goes right along with the anti-authoritarianism uh, that exists in that mindset of humanist Marxists. So uh, there is an elite, and there are also just the rest of us, you know, that they see as uh, just folks that have to have their faith and rely on that. They don't see it as legitimate. And so you won't see um, scientists who believe in creation uh, being tapped as experts in interviews and things like that. It is a concerted effort, and it's been here for a long time. Okay, the book is A Spiritual Price of Political Silence. Christy Stutzman, thank you for providing those insights. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Gary, thanks for that interview. Really appreciate it. That's going to leave us with time here for one last thing on the podcast today. Yeah, you know, this is a portion of Romans 14, 8. The last part of that verse says, we belong to the Lord. And the full verse says, if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Culture has a hard time with that last line that we belong <laughs> to God, but it's repeated throughout scripture. It's very clear. Paul talks about it repeatedly and it's a reality and it matters.
Yeah, I think there are two sides to that coin, right? Our pride is like, no, we don't belong to anybody. We're completely <laughs> autonomous. But as Christians, it's a comfort, right, to know that we belong to the Lord, that nothing can touch us if we're in Christ. Ultimately, we'll be united with him. Absolutely. Great spot to leave it on this Friday edition of the Quick Start Podcast. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us. We shall return Monday with more. God bless. Have a fantastic weekend.